0: don't you, don't you find that like annoying when 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 fans try to be like good for Bruce, but you know what? He's a great coach, but change was needed. It's like yeah, no, yeah, I sure, don't find sure. that sure. annoying
1: because that's exactly what I think. So yeah, but uh, that was okay, Scott's so, Twitter you were reading.
0: Yeah, it was Scott's Twitter. <laughs> but, hold on, but hold on, Scott. So, so then I'll ask you that because maybe you can speak for all the, for all these individuals who feel this way. I agree that change that change was needed, but people aren't addressing why it was needed. It's like there's a bigger problem here than just a coach that. They like it was easier to get rid of them and to keep the rest of the team. It's like, do you under like do you, do you get where I'm going with like the why is the change needed? Like, is there is the culture, is the culture with some of these younger players, not what it needs to be? And then you have the older guys like Bergeron and Marshand who do have that culture, but there's only so much they can do because it's just a young man's league now.
2: I, I'm with Brian on this one. I think like there you do have to ask why, and you also have to ask why was Sweeney willing to take whatever information he had and make that decision? Like he, he wasn't just making that decision on his own. He was getting information for feedback from other people, why they made their judgment of the situation on Cassidy is, you know, that's on them and whatever Sweeney's final decision was came down to whether or not he believed what, those people were telling him and whether or not he believed that it was going to be a good fit for them the next season. Unfortunately kind of feels too bad that he couldn't have just held on one more year that they couldn't have just given him one more year. Um,
1: But I think that's, that's part of it though. I think because Don Sweeney knew like we only have one or two more cracks at this. And do you really want to stick with a coach who's clearly at odds with at least part of the locker room? And there's clearly a fraying, relationship there i don't you know i don't think it was ever like a total train wreck where it's like oh my god there's no possible way this can continue but i think sweeney's weighing you know all right but if there's some tension there and you know it kind of got worse during the season or whatever like do you keep it together and say okay everyone figure it out or do you say you know what we're gonna make a change for this last run or two and, and find a coach who, you know, might just come in with a different like, voice uh, and be able to get something more out of this team. And by the way, I think Jim Montgomery got more out of this team for 82 games. Like, I know he had a better roster overall than than Cassidy did last year, but there were players who were noticeably better. And there were guys who developed, you know, Pavel Zaka had the best season of his career. Trent Frederick had the best season of his career. Jake DeBrusque had the best season of his career. Brandon Carlo got back on track after a couple down years. Like there was noticeable individual improvement on this roster. And yeah, it's very easy to overlook all of that when you lose in the first round and say, well, it didn't work and they should have kept Cassidy, but I can't ignore what I saw for 82 games. And I'm not, I'm not one of these people who's going to like throw away an 82 game regular season and pretend that, it wasn't important or that nothing we saw mattered. Like, no, I all season long thought the Bruins made the right decision because I saw what Jim Montgomery was getting out of this team. And I think Jim Montgomery is a good coach. So yeah, it ended in disaster, but I'm not throwing away those six months and being like, Oh, well, that meant nothing. Um, I think changing to Jim Montgomery was good. And I also happen to think that changing coaches in general just isn't the biggest deal in the world because that's the nature of the NHL and it happens often. And, you know, by the way, like, let's look, let's look at Vegas who got rid of their own very good coach and Pete DeBoer. I happen to think Pete DeBoer is a really good coach. He's generally won and improved teams wherever he's went. So like, I don't hear any questions about Vegas about why that locker room needed a change or why, well, because they won. <laughs> or why that team's leaders didn't stick up for Pete DeBoer. You know what I mean? Like obviously, yeah, because they won, but like, I think changing coaches can often have a positive effect because sometimes teams just need to hear something different. And yeah,
2: but does that positive effect come because that coach is better or because they just are happier that there's something new? Like it's, it, it, I understand what you're saying, Scott, because I feel like it's it's impossible to throw away the fact that the, these guys all had re- career individual seasons. My question is, when Sweeney decided to make the coaching change, and he picks Jim Montgomery, um, he he's leaving one coach that has playoff experience, more playoff experience for someone who doesn't have that kind of playoff experience um, in coaching. And you could tell in the playoffs that some of the moves that he was making he was he was overdoing things and sometimes he was making moves too late he was he didn't look comfortable coaching in the playoffs it's one thing to have that during the regular season everybody was cruising having fun but then when that pressure was added and it's not just Jim Montgomery but when the pressure was added he wasn't the same coach and the players weren't the same either so it just i feel like Cassidy would have been a more calming not like we mentioned his personality is not necessarily common, but his presence and his conviction could have helped get the, the nerves out of some of the players, especially um, with some of the decisions he was making being more definitive. If he, if he had just decided, no, this is the line that we're going to have and this is the goalie that we're going to start. Um, and, you know, we're leaving Grizzly in or out or whatever, but I just feel like when they made that move, to get rid of Sweeney and they brought someone in who Cassidy. I mean, what am I saying? When Sweeney made that move to get rid of Cassidy and it, can you tell I'm tired? I have worked. <laughs> I've worked 12 days in a row.
1: Bridget uh, got to work a nice two hour rain delay Red Sox game last night.
2: Uh, yeah. After waking up at 6am, working on Gresham Keefe, then going to the ballpark and leaving at midnight and getting home at one in the morning. So I'm tired. I've made a few mistakes <laughs> with saying things because I'm just so fucking tired.
0: But is the, the most important part, though. We all know that.
2: I had to wake up to do this. I was planning on sleeping till noon, but...
1: Oh, you had to wake up at 11 a.m.
2: Scott, I well, haven't slept in days. I'm going to end up looking like our friend Nick. Our <laughs> the other Gresham Fourier producer, Nick, who was like a zombie the other day.
0: So, look, I... I Scott and Bridget, so 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 Scott, I, I I heard everything you said, and I and I and I understand what you're saying, and I get it. Um, what I one of the things I said off the top was it's it's really not a Bruce Cassidy specific thing for me. Like I understand coaches have a shelf life, I understand all that, and and I guess what I'm saying is, forget Bruce Cassidy, put him off to the side, okay. Coaches have a shelf life. One of these days, Jim Montgomery's day in Boston. The days are going to be numbered. And I guess what I'm saying is if the Bruins management feels that post Jim Montgomery one day that they want to get a more old school voice mentality, accountability and and, and one of those Bruce Cassidy style coaches, can this management and this is going to be post Bergeron and Martian probably you're talking a really young core like is management going to look at this Bruins culture going forward, this Bruins dressing room going forward and say, well, these guys don't respond well to, to an old school, you know, in your face type of coach. So we, we need to find player friendly coaches. And I guess if that's the case, like I find that to be a pro- a culture problem because it's, 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 it's ass wiping. And, and it's like, and I just feel like when it comes to the Vegas golden Knights, I guarantee you that I guarantee you, more guys than not dislike Bruce Cassidy in that locker room than like them, but guess what? They all have a ring on their finger now, so it's just like it's it's less about Bruce Cassidy for me. It's more about like post Bergeron when Bergeron leaves this locker room and Marchand leaves this locker room. What's going to be the state of this Bruins dressing room? Like, can they like can they wear somebody that that's asking and demanding a lot of them, especially when they're not playing well and they're not feeling good about themselves? Like, you have to be able to. You just have to be able to be a professional, because everybody in this world is, is a professional at something, and everybody has bosses that they aren't too fond of all the time. And it's just, I just don't want this to be a situation where like the, the Bruins players just can't—they just they can't—they don't have—they're not tough enough mentally, and and that's what I—that's it's a slippery slope if it's going to be a player-friendly room or something like that going forward all the time.
1: Well, you know what you often see, and really in every sport is like when coaches change the next coach is something different than the last guy. And we just saw that with the Bruins, right? Where Cassidy was the hard-ass, Montgomery's the player's coach. I imagine whenever the time comes, you know, two, three years, who knows when Montgomery's time is up here. I imagine the next coach will be someone a little a little stricter, especially if like, you know, Bruins still haven't broken through or it seems like, you know, maybe Montgomery's, Approach has stopped getting the most out of guys or whatever. I imagine the next coach will be a little stricter, and I could see it being a coach who's won a Stanley Cup before, because then that automatically brings respect. Like if you can bring someone in who, all right, guys, he's going to be a little tougher on you, but hey, look at that ring on his finger. Like you know, it's like Bruce I, I think it's that Bruce
2: Cassidy again, I'm right? Back, <laughs> welcome back.
1: Oh, uh, it's funny. Um. Like, I could definitely see that because, again, that's that's how it works in, in the NHL and in all sports It's like, coaches are easier to change than players in, in cores of teams, and when they make a change, they want to go get someone who's a little different, who's going to bring something different. So that would be my take on, on that. Like, I don't – you know, we'll, we'll find out about the Burns room, right? Because there's going to be a changing over of what this core looks like automatically, you know. Krejci we we all think is probably out now although still haven't gotten a decision Bergeron is either gone now or maybe next year but obviously very soon Martian you're probably looking at two three years left so this is all going to turn over no matter what and then like we're going to find out what kind of core you know McAvoy, Pasternak, Lindholm, Zaka whoever else is still around like We're going to see what that team can handle and, you know, whether they learn from this postseason failure and get better or whether they are continually a team that comes up short, Um, you know, so that'll tell us about like what kind of coaching they need or whether, whether the whole room needs a shakeup. I know some people think, you know, they're already there and they think that this team needs it now which I think is fair because they've come up short more than once and you can go back to 2019 as well. But, you know, I would go back to when Bruce Cassidy took over and say this team very much brought into Bruce Cassidy for many years. Uh, Certainly during that buildup of, you know, that team coming out of like that 2015-16 reset, starting to incorporate that next core of Pasternak, McAvoy, Carlo, DeBrusque, that team for years bought into Bruce Cassidy and he helped grow that team building up to getting to the cup final in 2019. And yeah, obviously, unfortunately shitting the bed on home ice in game seven. Um, and with, like, They haven't gotten the- back there. And I think as, as you got one, two, three, four years or one, two, three years out from that, you know, I think some of the buying into what Cassidy was doing started to, to wane a little and in his style started to wear on players. So it's not like they never bought into Cassidy. He wouldn't have lasted six years. If, if that was the case, I think it's maybe the last year or two that it started to kind of, you know, go away.
2: And we, we never talk about this season because it, it ended so weird COVID started, but that 2019 20 season, they started out so hot. And by the time that they hit that, covid break weren't they in first place in the whole yeah league? i
1: mean they won the president's trophy that year.
2: yeah they so they hit in march when by the way i had tickets to that very first game that got canceled I was pretty pissed off um that was my dad's uh christmas gift but <laughs> so they they hit that point in march uh mid-march where everything gets shut down and they're in first place and they were having an even better season than they did in 2019 and they kind of looked like the bruins did this year where they were they were just running through teams, and that was under Cassidy as well. And then obviously the end of that season, uh, it's all sorts of messed up with the bubble and just everybody was all off with COVID and, it like, just the anxieties of leaving Tuca home. Tuca leaving. Tuca leaving. Like, that season ended in its own drama. But I remember at the time when the bubble started, when they started playing the playoffs in the bubble – I was pretty optimistic about their chances to win that year. Um, And then obviously all those other things happened, but they had a really good team under Cassidy that season. And we kind of almost, I feel like throw out that year and don't really talk about it because, well, first of all, Scott and I like, we weren't there covering it the way that we've been covering the the teams after that. But um, yeah, that that was another good season, regular season that Cassidy coached.
0: And the last game before the shutdown that year um, or the last home game, I feel like was against Tampa. And it was like a, it, there was like a little bit of a melee and yeah, um, it was kind of like gearing up for a potential run in the playoffs. And it, and that did happen. Um, but yeah, like, and, and then I think their last game technically may have been on the road in Philadelphia before the shutdown, but regardless, like, yeah, things are going well, but you know, yes, the bubble was a weird circumstance for everybody. Right. And, you know, he literally take three months off and come back. And it was so weird. Like, look, there was nobody, nobody here. And I know the two carass, leaving the bubble was a big story, but nobody, nobody that year was like, oh, the president's trophy team didn't win. Like, go because, you know, what? at least you won a round against Carolina. But also, like, it was just such a crap shoot. But, you know, though, like, yes, Cassidy was coaching that team. And yes, Cassidy was coaching the team against the Islanders like the Bruins never should have lost to the Islanders in a playoff series. It shouldn't have happened. And and I know the Islanders were like coming off of a couple of conference finals, I think around then, and they were a good team, but it's like, you, you look at the teams they've lost to in recent years, whether it's Montgomery or Cassidy. It, and it's like, you're losing the, the Islanders that you, you're lo- and you're losing to the hurricanes that never really pose much offensive threat. You're losing to the Florida Panthers. And my I guess, my point is, it just, it coach to coach, it's the, it, it's what I said last, last episode. Like, I'm more upset with, I'm upset with the players. Like, they just find ways to lose series. That I just don't think they, like, they should be losing. And, and the, that's why it's like, you know, we're talking about the coach and stuff, but it, like, it really, the coach really doesn't, he shouldn't matter all that much. He really shouldn't. And I'm just, it, whoever the coach is, the Bruins players just keep, continue, continue to fall short. But Scott, I want to jump back to a comment you made about, how you you're not just gonna ignore an 82 game season because I agree with you, and, and to help your point there, it's like well, first of all, the only thing that matters is 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 the playoffs. We all know that. But to your point, like yes, Montgomery got the best out of every player for the majority of that season. And and you know what's what's ironic is it touched, it just goes to show the narrow of, of, of um the, the narrow margin of victory and defeat in the NHL and conversations like this, because quite literally if Brad Marshand scores in Game Five on a breakaway, like this, this none of this, none of this conversation is happening. Like, yeah, they advanced to the second round, and like, there's, there's no questioning, like, there's no questioning Montgomery and, and, and like the Bruins' decision to get rid of Bruce. Like, the only way that that would have come to fruition again would be like if the Bruins lost to Bruce in the finals, which that would be a totally different story. And, and that very well could have happened too if the Bruins made it to the finals. But it's just funny, like. Yeah, like we, t- a massive, massive, massive collapse happened after Marshan's breakaway. But if he scores there, it's just interesting. Like none of this ever happens. None of this. None of these conversations happen. And it's just funny how like it's such a narrow margin of like, you know, in the NHL, it's like so. um Yeah, I just to your point, like yes, Montgomery got a great season out of the Bruins. And if Marshan scores a shot that he scores a lot of times on NHL goalies on in that situation, like, you know, th- like th- there's, there's not as much to talk about here, you know, and, and, and you're not going to, I'm not questioning Jim Montgomery's ways. and I'm not questioning like, like the players wanting a new, new voice in the room because, because they would have done at least what they were supposed to do to an extent, but it's not the way that it played out. And, and the way that the team responded after things didn't go their way, Brad Marchand doesn't score. How do you respond? Well, you, f- you have one of the biggest blunders I've ever seen in a Bruins game with Allmark and Grizzlick. And then, you know, the way that they just unraveled afterwards is just inexcusable to me. But it all could have been for naught if Marchand scores there, and who knows what we're talking about right now.
2: Yeah, and I, I would say just because I've said this before, and I, I still believe it, I don't think – like I do think they had better chances to win than that Marshawn shot, but um, that I get your point. <laughs> um, another it, thing that it's I so thought
0: of—it's so easy to, to to point back at because of the time on the clock. Yeah, like it, the game would have—it would, it would have been an overtime goal, is what it would have been.
2: Yeah. So um, one thing I did think of while you guys were saying that, or we were talking about the Tuca thing, actually is what popped this back into my mind. But like I, I know we're criticizing Montgomery for not switching his goalies quick enough and you know maybe letting Omar call his own shots but Cassie did the same thing with Tuka very very similarly with Tuka um kind of let him say he was healthy enough even though we we know he wasn't so um yeah. they've had some difficult situations with goal, with goalies and it's funny because they've had some really great goalies and sometimes it almost feels like the better the backup the the heart like the harder the situation becomes for them to, to like, do we really go to this person in playoffs? And it's, they've had issues with that. And the decision-making with that was, not doesn't just, uh, it's not just Montgomery. It's, it's been, and then that's what makes me think like Brian saying there is maybe it's a cultural problem because it's happening over different coaches. It's, you know, spanning those, those different coaches, it's spanning different goalies. It's spanning different duos. It's, it's spanning, you know, the the main consist this consistent factor here is the core um and yeah so you have to you do kind of have to question that
1: yeah and while we're talking about that bubble series too i was also reminded you're right like i've brought up the the two good thing in the islander series in 2021 and in 2020 that second round series against the lightning the Bruins were extremely undisciplined in that series and took a lot of dumb penalties and Tampa kept making them pay on the power play. And if you remember Bruce Cassidy's response to that was basically to make excuses for his players and blame the refs. Like he did a, let's be honest. Like he did a lot of whining, like like the same kind of stuff, like will mock um, like Rod Brendamore for doing in Carolina, like Cassidy. He didn't do that a ton throughout his entire tenure but he did it in that series against Tampa and that I like was not a good moment for him. Like I, I thought that Bruins team kind of like lost its composure and I felt like he was part of it. Like I, I don't think he was able to kind of get that team back on track and be like, ignore the refs and just play.
2: Yeah. I and, and I bring yeah. that
1: up and I bring that up not to like rip Cassidy who again, I will say for like the millionth time, I think is a great coach. I think he just proved that in Vegas, but to point out that he's not perfect, which like seems to get not on this podcast, but on talk radio and elsewhere seems to get lost where like people are acting like the Bruins fired Scotty Bowman. And like, I don't know, look, maybe, Hey, if Cassie goes on to win three more cups with Vegas, like, yeah, okay. Maybe he is Scotty Bowman uh, reincarnated. And like, uh, then, then we can revisit and be like, Holy crap. The Bruins fired one of the, five greatest coaches in NHL history. But until then, like, let's not pretend that like he didn't make mistakes or like everything was perfect when he was here and he was never at fault because he did make mistakes. By the way, every coach does. But I feel like a lot of that just gets like swept under the rug and it's like, you know, oh, how could you ever possibly like move on from a coach's greatest Bruce, Bruce Cassidy? And again, like, I just think good coaches are relatively interchangeable. And like every now and then you see a team make a bad hire and that stands out like a sore thumb. But like for the most part, like if you know what you're doing, like there's always enough good coaches out there.